Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick or the Notorious Fantasy, and in today's video, we're going to be doing a 10-team PPR mock draft from the number one overall spot on Yahoo Fantasy. Inside of today's video, we're going to be going in-depth into my analysis on each and every single pick that I will be making, as well as my thought process on the draft as a whole. But before we get on in to this video, I'd like to ask if you are new to the YouTube channel and you do end up enjoying today's video, to please make sure that you hit that subscribe button down below. Not only is it free, I put out content every single day to help you guys win your 2021 fantasy football championship and while you are down there please make sure that whether you are new to the channel or not to hit that like button down below to help boost this video up the algorithm so that more beautiful people like yourself can see today's video i'd also like to let you guys know that my rankings are out now on osmo.com as well as articles that i write every single day that you can check out in the link in the description or in the pinned comment so without further ado let's get on into it now we are the number one overall pick so i just went ahead and and pick Christian McCaffrey to me. Christian McCaffrey is by far and away the number one overall pick in fantasy football for 2021. He is probably the only running back that I can see in a very clear scenario finishing with 30 plus points per game in the PPR format. He is just so far and away a step above these other running backs. Last year, in those three games he played, he was averaging 30.1 PPR points per game. Imagine how crazy it is to have that in your lineup week in and week out. It is basically a cheat code at the number one overall pick. So I'm going to take Christian McCaffrey there every single time I have the number one overall spot. After that, we see Alvin Kamara followed by Dalvin Cook, Ezekiel Elliott, and Devontae Adams. Now, typically at the number two overall pick, you see Dalvin Cook, I would say 90 to 95% of the time. In this mock draft, we see Alvin Kamara, which I wouldn't necessarily have some type of huge argument against doing. I understand the upside of Alvin Kamara. I'm still going to take Dalvin Cook at the number two overall spot, even with the slight injury risk. To be honest with you, I probably expect Dalvin Cook to miss two to three games on the season but when that man is healthy he is one of the only running backs that can rival Christian McCaffrey in fantasy football after Devontae Adams we see Derrick Henry so at the 105 taking Devontae Adams to me definitely seems like a bit of a risk now, it's not a risk because Devontae Adams is going to fall off the edge of the earth and not be a top five running back, or not top five running back, a top five wide receiver in fantasy football, or maybe even the wide receiver number one in fantasy football. That's what I have him projected as on the season, as the number one overall wide receiver. But when you're in that top five pick spot, to me, you almost have to go running back because of the amount of safety that a running back gives you inside of the first round. The odds that a running back busts in the first or second round is significant lower than the third and fourth round and even more so than the fifth round on early on in drafts I am looking to apply a metaphorical condom to my team I am trying to keep it as safe as possible and drafting a running back early on is one of the best ways to do that and when you can get such a safe running back like Derrick Henry who you know is going to be seeing so many touches every single game drafting Devontae Adams ahead of him to me is a little bit crazy I love Devontae Adams in fantasy football this season I'm excited to draft him at the end of the first round but at the fifth overall pick to me that is not really worth it so after Derrick Henry we see nine inch Nicholas Chubb Saquon Barkley Aaron Jones and Tyreek Hill to close out the first round the second round begins with Travis Kelsey followed by Stefan Diggs and Jonathan Taylor inside the first round of 12 team leagues you typically see two to four non-running backs go inside the first round in a 10 team league normally it's two to three non-running backs inside the first round again the reasoning why people draft running backs 
so early on in drafts is because the chance that that running back is a bust is significantly lower in the early rounds of drafts when compared to as you get deeper on into the drafts running backs have a 75 percent hit rate in the first two rounds in the third and fourth round it goes to 60 percent and then after that it continues to take a dive off a cliff that's why you see a lot of people go back to back running backs with the first two picks is that what you have to do to win your league no, you don't have to do that. You can go two wide receivers in the first two rounds because they are just as safe inside of the first two rounds. But when you are at the number one overall pick all the way until like pick six, pick seven, I'm taking a running back there basically every single time, unless you're in an eight-team league because then I'm looking to draft Travis Kelsey. But in a 10-team league, I like to get those running backs early. Same thing with a 12-team league, same thing with a 14-team league. So after Travis Kelsey, we see Stefan Diggs, Jonathan Taylor, Najee Harris, Austin Eckler, Joe Mixon, Clyde, Edwards-Hilaire, DK Metcalf, and Calvin Ridley all coming off the board. Looking at the board right now, DeAndre Hopkins, Antonio Gibson, Justin Jefferson, AJ Brown, and Darren Waller all available. Now, in yesterday's video, I talked about Antonio Gibson and how I moved him down in my rankings to be my running back number 12. Now, does that mean I hate Antonio Gibson? No, because I still have him ranked as a top 12 running back, but I believe this is really going to be a committee in Washington for the football team. Antonio Gibson going to be the head honcho there, but he's not going to be seeing an immaculate a crazy amount of carries so I do still like him inside the second round but to me it is a bit of a reach to draft him closer to the beginning of the second round I like a lot more running backs than him at this point I like 11 running backs ahead of him as he is my running back number 12 so after Antonio Gibson the third round begins we want DeAndre Hopkins followed by Justin Jefferson and Josh Jacobs I like DeAndre Hopkins a decent amount this season now with DeAndre Hopkins to me he doesn't have that real pizzazz that a guy like Calvin Ridley Devontae Adams Tyreek Hill or Stefan Diggs have in my mind. That does not mean he is going to be a bad pick. DeAndre Hopkins is my wide receiver number five in my rankings, but with how much this team loves to run the rock inside of the red zone, the touchdown upside for DeAndre Hopkins is so limited by the play calling there. So I don't think DeAndre Hopkins is going to be a guy that could score 12, 13, 14 touchdowns to potentially elevate him to be the wide receiver one in fantasy football. Do I think he's a bad pick? Like I said, no, I'm excited to get him onto my team inside the third round, but I just don't think he has that big of a chance to be the number one overall wide receiver in fantasy football but if he fell outside of the top five top eight I would be very very surprised unless there was an injury of course after DeAndre Hopkins we see Justin Jefferson call at the board followed by Josh Jacobs AJ Brown Keenan Allen Patty Mahomes Darren Waller JK Dobbins and Allen Robinson. I find it so interesting how in mock drafts on underdog where people are putting or on best ball drafts on underdog where people are putting the real money down, Josh Jacobs goes in like the fifth, sixth round. But on Yahoo, on ESPN, on NFL, when people are doing these mock drafts, Josh Jacobs goes in like the third or the fourth round every single time. I do not understand what is in your brain if you are going to be drafting Josh Jacobs inside of the third round. Sure, for all senses of things, this guy is a really good NFL running back. But for fantasy football, with an offensive line that's not the greatest, they kind of dismantled the offensive line. It's not terrible, but it's not amazing. They bring in Kenyon Drake to kind of cuck Josh Jacobs in a sense because Josh Jacobs was already limited in receiving work on the team. Now he's going to be seeing even less. And Kenyon Drake is the best backup that Josh Jacobs has played with thus far in his career. So I expect Josh Jacobs to get a lesser workload in the rushing game as well. So I think Josh Jacobs upside is basically capped this season unless there is an injury to Kenyon.
Kenyon Drake, and it's very hard to predict injuries, and we're not going to do that for Kenyon Drake. So I do not like Josh Jacobs at all inside of the third round. After Allen Robinson, we see the third round close out with Terry McLaurin. The fourth round begins with CeeDee Lamb, David Montgomery, Josh Allen, Chris Carson, and Chris Godwin. So in the third, fourth, fifth round is typically when you see the first quarterback go off the board down. Some leagues, Patrick Mahomes may be like the third overall pick, but in a majority of leagues, we see him come off the board in the third, fourth, or fifth round. Once Mahomes comes off the board, typically after that, that's when all hell breaks loose. That's when Josh Allen or Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson comes off the board. And then after that, typically you see a run of about two or three more quarterbacks until that top five is kind of cemented at the running back position. And then typically there's another wait. And then after maybe a round or two, then you see Rodgers, Russ, Justin Herbert, the pervert, all of these guys flying off the board really quick. Do I wait on quarterback? Typically, but in the fifth, the sixth round, if there is a top five running back, or not top five running back, a top five quarterback available, I am very likely to make that selection, even if I'm typically someone who waits on the quarterback position. After Chris Godwin, we see Darrell Henderson, followed by DeAndre Swift. So right now, we are two picks away with the team of DeAndre Hopkins, Christian McCaffrey, and Antonio Gibson. So here, we could really look running back or wide receiver. I like getting a lot of running backs early on in my drafts because like I said, the chance that they end up busting earlier on in your drafts is way lower. But since we already have two running backs in Christian McCaffrey and Antonio Gibson, if I don't love any of the running backs here, I'm probably going to have a pretty high chance here of double dipping on the wide receiver position at this pick because George Kittle just went off the board. But looking at running backs, Miles Sanders, Travis Etienne, those are two picks that I'm really looking to avoid inside of the fourth round. Miles Sanders, I believe there's going to be a committee there in Philadelphia, and there's a very clear committee in Jacksonville with Travis Etienne with Carlos Hyde getting so much use in that preseason game. It is very... Very, very worrisome. So here we're going to first go with wide receiver of the LA Rams, Bobby Trees, Robert Woods. I do like this offense a whole lot. I've taken him in so many mock drafts at this point because of how highly I view this offense in LA for the Rams. I think with Matthew Stafford being the new signal caller there, that his upside really is could be a top five wide receiver in fantasy football. He was really safe with Jared Goff, so I think his upside now is much higher with Matthew Stafford under center. Typically, I would take Julio Jones here, but I want to talk about Amari Cooper. Now, if you click on him here, he has finally been taken off of the pup list a couple of days ago, which is very, very good. But obviously, a lot of people aren't reacting to that news just yet. People are still continuing to be a little bit more cautious with Amari Cooper. And I understand it, right? There is a chance that he injures that foot, that part of the leg again, because it has been something that has hindered him in his career. But if healthy, if healthy, Amari Cooper could be a top five wide receiver in fantasy football if he is the number one target in the Dallas Cowboys offense. That Cowboys offense is going to be so pass heavy yet again in 2021. The defense there is basically fucking soft as baby shit. It is so, so bad, and this offense has to pass the ball a lot in these games. I think Amari Cooper is going to be very involved, and with the fact that C.D. Lamb went, let's see, where did C.D. Lamb go? At the beginning of the fourth round, and we got Cooper Cup at the, be or we got Amari Cooper, I should say, at the beginning of the fifth round. To me, that is a very solid value, considering there's a pretty solid chance that Amari Cooper remains as the number one target in this Dallas Cowboys offense. After we went ahead and drafted Amari Cooper, we see Cooper Cup come off the 
board, followed by Miles Sanders. So in the first four rounds of the draft, we see all of the big three tight ends come off the board. It's honestly surprising to me that Kittle made his way into the fourth round. Typically, you see Kittle and Waller go in a similar range inside the third round, and Travis Kelsey's typically a back end of the first round pick or a very early on second round pick. I like Darren Waller a whole bunch to potentially leapfrog over Travis Kelsey and potentially be the tight end number one in fantasy football this season. After we went ahead and saw Miles Sanders, we see the short king himself, Kyler Murray, followed by Tyler Lockett and Kyle Pitts. Now, if you guys are new to my YouTube channel, you may not have heard this spiel before, but the reason that I am not all in on Kyle Pitts, not fucking throwing all the chips to the center of the table, is because when you draft him inside the fifth round as the tight end four off the board, you are now assuming he is going to have what will be one of the best rookie seasons from a tight end ever. That's what you're assuming. One tight end in the last decade, the last 10 years, has finished inside of the top five in the rookie season, that being Evan Ingram. Now, does that mean that it's impossible for Kyle Pitts to be a top five tight end in fantasy football? No, but I believe that you are putting so much belief in him inside of the fifth round for him to really be a top four guy, maybe even a top three guy. To me, that is a little bit crazy. I would much rather have TJ Hawkinson over Kyle Pitts at this point. We've seen TJ Hawkinson had that elite game the first week of his rookie year, and then after that, he faded away, had an excellent sophomore year, now going into his junior year in the NFL. I like TJ Hawkinson a lot. Could Kyle Pitts go out there, break every single record, and skull fuck these defenses game in and game out 100% because he's really, really good? But at the price you are paying, to me, it is very, very risky, and you need to understand that when you are making the pick. After Kyle Pitts, we see Lamar Jackson followed by Adam Thielen, D. DJ Moore, Travis Etienne, Miles Gaskin, TJ Hawkinson, and Brandon Ayuk. Now, I see a lot of people very nervous. I'm going to go ahead and do the electric slide all the way to the left side of the screen so that you guys can see a little bit better on the draft board with Miles Gaskin. They're being very nervous about Miles Gaskin, and in a way, I kind of understand it because we did see Malcolm Brown as well as Salvin Ahmed being used very heavily inside of this offense inside of the preseason game up against the Chicago Bears. As a Dolphins fan, I follow the Dolphins very carefully, very, very carefully with a keen eye. I got a fucking microscope out there like I'm a scientist or something, just trying to figure this out. And one of their beat reporters, one of the main guys, says that this is Gaskin's backfield, that Gaskin will be the guy, and they're just using this kind of deal in training camp. This is going to be Miles Gaskin's backfield. I believe Miles Gaskin is by far and away the best running back in this backfield, so I will continue to draft him inside the fifth or the sixth round. If he continues to fall, that value is going to be amazing. I believe this Dolphins team is going to look a lot better in 2021, and I am, I am very excited to get Miles Gaskin on my team. After Hawkinson, we saw Brandon Ayuk, Julio Jones, which is just crazy that he fell that far, Mike Davis, Chase Edmonds, Mark Andrews, Dickie Dak Prescott, and Kareem Hunt. So we're back up on the board here in the sixth round. Then we got our pick inside of the seventh round. Looking at the running back position here, it is starting to look very, very grim. But here, there is still one running back that I like a decent amount, and that is Damian Harris running back of the New England Patriots. So right now we got two wide receivers, two running backs, and our flex is a wide receiver. So we could really look to go anywhere here. Tyler Higby, Robert Tunyon, kind of the dead zone at the tight end position that I addressed. Not really wanting to take. Same thing here with the quarterback position, kind of a dead zone where I'm not super attracted to drafting any of these guys. So we're going to go ahead and draft a wide receiver that I genuinely believe could be a top 
12 option at the end of the season, and that is Deontay Johnson, wide receiver of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, if you guys have been watching my channel for some time, I have banged the drum with aggression for Deontay Johnson. I believe that Deontay Johnson has top 12 upside in 2021. He is on a pretty pass-heavy offense in Pittsburgh with a quarterback that has some type of fucking love attraction with throwing the ball to Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson was targeted so heavily last season, even while dropping the ball, even with getting benched the second this motherfucker was injected back into the game, Big Ben was feeding this guy with targets. He was. If you guys remember the past where Mr. Corvette Corvette Juju Smith-Schuster was tearing it up, there is no more Juju there. Well, he's still there, obviously, but Deontay Johnson is the clear target there for Big Ben. And a lot of people say, Nick, I cannot draft Deontay Johnson with the drops. Now, if you watch both preseason games, the Hall of Fame game and the preseason game they had a couple of days ago, you would have seen that Deontay Johnson is now 5 for 5 5 for 5 on catches. 5 targets, 5 receptions. This man doesn't have a case of the drop sees anymore, I believe. I think that Deontay Johnson, a lot of people, they're sleeping. They're taking a fucking nap. They're in their REM sleep. They're in full, I think that's what REM sleep is, where you're just in that super deep sleep. I think that's what REM sleep means. They're deep sleeping on Deontay Johnson, and I'm going deep sea fucking fishing inside of the seventh round, grabbing up Deontay Johnson, who could be a potential top 12 wide receiver in fantasy football, going inside of the seventh round at pick 61. After he went ahead and drafted Deontay Johnson, Russell Wilson came off the board, followed by Tyler Higby, Odell Beckham Jr., T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Robbie Anderson, Justin Herbert, the pervert, and Tampa Bay Tom Brady. I don't know what it is about Yahoo, but Tom Brady seems to be going way too high on here. If you guys have ended up enjoying this video thus far through the first seven rounds of the draft closed out by Javante Williams, please make sure that you hit that subscribe button down below and click that like button as well. Whether you are new to the channel or not, it helps me out a ton. So after Javante Williams, we see Aaron Rodgers. Why are you drafting Tom Brady ahead of Aaron Rodgers? I don't get that at all. Aaron Rodgers on a much more pass, not even really a pass-heavy team, but just on a team that is going to let him throw the ball. So I guess technically that is a pass-heavy team, whereas Brady, the defense is a lot stronger. They can run the ball later on in the game, whereas the Green Bay Packers quarterback in Aaron Rodgers is going to let it sling. It is that kind of chip on the shoulder season you could say where this guy's pissed off he hates the Packers so you know what he's gonna do he's gonna say fuck you Packers I'm gonna win you motherfuckers the Super Bowl that'll show him that'll show him Aaron that'll show him but you know it is what it is Aaron Rodgers the last dance the fucking Macarena the final go for the Packers I believe with Rodgers I think Rodgers is gonna look really good this year was the MVP last season doesn't have any rushing upside which is something that a lot of people point to they point to the Konami quarterback the idea that a rushing quarterback just has so much upside you want to know what else has upside a quarterback that can throw for 5,000 yards and 50 fucking touchdowns that has a lot of upside in my opinion after Aaron Rodgers we see the LA Rams defense followed by Chase Claypool Washington football team Kenny Galladay and Jerry Judy please do not draft a defense early on in the draft especially in these middle rounds right here because, or obviously don't draft them in the early rounds either, but in the middle rounds, this is where you're getting your depth at running back, your depth at wide receiver. You can draft a defense in the last round that is able to play week one up against a not-so-hot opponent, and you're looking, you're sitting pretty there with a defense going up against a bad opponent week one. You're going to dominate week one. And then you know what you're going to do week two? You're going to cut those motherfuckers. Sorry for cursing so much. You know, I doubt anyone cares, but cut them. Drop them like it's hot. 
Add a new defense week two that has a bad opponent week week two, and then you keep on streaming the defenses. Please do not draft a defense early. So we have so many wide receivers on the team here. We're going to have to go ahead and dip on in to the running back value that is available at this point. And if I'm being honest with you, there is not much of it. But here we're going to go ahead and go with running back Raheem Mostert of the San Francisco 49ers. While everyone seems to be on the Trey Sermon hype train running back out of the Ohio State University, I believe that Raheem Mostert is going to get the first licks out it and the way that Kyle Shanahan runs this team if Raheem Mostert gets off to the hot start he's the hot hand he is going to be seeing a lot of touches in what should be a very run heavy team next up here we're going to go ahead and reach down a little bit and take Michael Carter inside the ninth round technically it's going to be considered a reach but if you're playing with a lot of sharper players, I believe Michael Carter will probably be around a ninth round pick. His ADP right now on Yahoo is 104.8, but most believe, including myself, that Michael Carter is going to eventually be the running back for the Jets. Will he be the running back week one? Probably not, if I'm being honest with you. Maybe they give Tevin Coleman the nod, but shortly after that, there's been so many reports about how Michael Carter is by far and away the next step up at the running back position on this team that I believe that he will eventually get a stranglehold of this backfield and become the guy. Now, he wasn't obviously, wasn't drafted super highly, doesn't have some insanely high draft capital that will get him on the field week one. That's why it might take some time. But again, Right now, when you're in the 9th, the 10th, 11th round, where you're drafting Michael Carter, he is a bench piece for you. He is my... Let's look at the running backs we got. We got McCaffrey. We got Antonio Gibson. We have Damian Harris. We have Raheem Mostert. We have Michael Carter. We already have one, two, three, four, five running backs on the team. Four ahead of Michael Carter. So even if he doesn't play the first couple of weeks of the season, we are going to be sitting pretty regardless. Now, something to note that if you are in a 10-team league and you are the commissioner, or if you know the commissioner, please try to... Convince your league to change from one flex to two flexes or maybe even three flexes or add an extra wide receiver because in these 10-team leagues, now it's not like an 8-team league because in an 8-team league, everyone's team is really fucking juiced like Barry Bonds back in the day type of deal like Jose Canseco where you're just juiced as fuck. Now, obviously, not every team's going to be juiced in a 10-team league, but every team is really good. It's really good. So you want to go ahead and... Add some discrepancy from the teams to make the real best fantasy player win. You want to know how you do that? You add more flex options to the team to make it harder. Make the decisions actually mean something. And make the fact that you have all this depth be worth something. So please advise your commissioner to go to two flexes or maybe three wide receivers, something like that. Just anything to add more depth to your team. I really advise doing super flex. Not a lot of people do super flex. That's where you can add a quarterback to your team. I will be making a super flex video very soon about super flex draft strategy. So stay tuned for that. That should be a very good video if you play in the super flex format. So after we went ahead and drafted Michael Carter, Justin Tucker the fucker came off the, forward, the, off the board followed by Harrison Bucker, who also just happens to be a fucker because it rhymes. Get it? Tucker, Bucker, Fucker. You get it? It rhymes. Cortland Sutton, Antonio Brown, James Robinson, my old bitch lame, but my young hoku, Robert Tunyon, Greg the Leg Zerline, Baltimore Ravens defense, Tyler, Bass Pro Shops, and David Johnson. James Robinson is a very interesting pick because if something was to happen to ETN, I think that James Robinson could be a legitimate workhorse just like he was last year in Jacksonville. But we saw in training now in preseason. Now, again, maybe they're just using Carlos Hyde to see if he's still, you know, Carlos. Hyde. Carlos Hyde's never been anything special, but 
is he still okay, right? Is he going to be fine? So we roll him out there. Maybe we do see more ETN in the future, but man, in that preseason game, it was all fucking Carlos Hyde all game long and twice on Sunday. So... I mean, I don't know. I mean, I still like James Robinson. I don't really like ETN where he's going. Let's see where ETN went here. Inside the fifth round, to me, that is a little bit crazy. So after we see the Bucks defense come off the board, we see Melvin Gordon followed by the New England Patriots. Melvin Gordon with Javante Williams. We saw Javante Williams light it up like Snoop Dogg lights it up uh, at the nighttime, you know, I assume. Maybe he smokes in the morning. You never know. But nevertheless, he lit it up. He looked really good. He had a touchdown call back, but he played really well. So... Now his ADP is probably going to rise. But what people don't know is that Melvin Gordon wasn't in that game. Melvin Gordon wasn't there. He's like Houdini. He wasn't there. But when he's there, when he reappears, fucking Alakazam, then boom, Javante Williams gets spelled by him. The fact that I believe there's going to be a 50-50 split, maybe even a 55-45 split in Melvin Gordon's favor. It is the final year of Melvin Gordon's contract. Please do not reach up on Javante Williams. I think Javante Williams could be good. I think he's better than Melvin Gordon. But there is a lot of concern that comes with him, in my opinion. So looking at the board right now at tight end, we're kind of in that middle round tight end range. Even though we're in the 10th round, it's only the 100th overall pick. So there are still some solid options at tight end. At quarterback here, we're going to go ahead and select Matthew Stafford, quarterback of the LA Rams, to stack with Robert Woods. Do you have to stack? And what is a stack? A stack is when you get the quarterback quarterback and the wide receiver on the same team, the quarterback and the tight end on the same team. When Matthew Stafford throws that touchdown, guess where it's going? If it goes to Robert Woods, you're getting basically double points. Is it something you have to do? No, but it's something that kind of influenced my decision slightly here. But we are going to go ahead and draft a tight end at this spot and get my guy Dallas Goder tight end of the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, earlier on in the offseason, I was all aboard the Dallas Goder fucking choo-choo train. I was the conductor choo-choo screaming to the mountaintops about about Dallas Goddard, but what happened sucks. The fact is that Zach Ertz is still going to be there. He is still going to be used. They're going to run a lot of two tight end sets. Zach Ertz is still going to be on this team. Dallas Goddard without Zach Ertz is really a potential top five tight end of fantasy football, but with Zach Ertz, he is kind of screwed. Not screwed in the sense where you can't draft him, but screwed where his upside is is not as high. Jalen Hurts seems to like to throw the football to him, so I'm still going to be drafting Dallas Goder, but you got to temper your expectations because Zach Ertz, unless he gets traded before the season starts or unless he fucking gets hurt like he usually does, then I don't know how you can reasonably assume that Dallas Goder really has top five potential with Zach Ertz in the lineup. After one with Stafford and Dallas Goder, we see Logan Thomas come off the board, followed by Mr. Corvette Corvette, Juju Smith-Schuster, and the Kansas City Chiefs defense with Jalen Hurts. I think that he is a very interesting pick at this point in the offseason because right now, seeing one preseason game, I am not sold in either direction about Jalen Hurts. I watched the game and I thought, that looked okay. That's what I thought. I thought, hey, he looks solid. He didn't really rush the ball, which is something that Jalen Hurts does do that ru that increases upside. He didn't do that. He looked all right passing. He didn't look amazing. I need to see more. So hopefully in preseason week two, there are only three preseason weeks this year. Technically, there's four because there was week zero, the Hall of Fame game. But there was only three preseason games. So I hope we see more out of Jalen Hurts next time because until we see more out of Jalen Hurts, I am... Not really about to draft Jalen Hurts at this point. After Dallas Goddard, we see Logan Thomas, Juju Smith-Schuster, the Kansas City Chiefs, Adam Troutman, Ryan Tannehill, and Tyler. Yeah, Boyd! After Tyler Boyd, we see Jason Sanders, followed by A.J. Dillon and Gus 
Edwards. Gus Bus Edwards is one of my favorite late round running back selections. While I love J.K. Dobbins and I've kind of talked about him ad nauseum on my channel, I believe that this offense, you know, it's not one of those like those old cowboy movies where it's like, there's not enough room in this town for the both of us. I mean, that was a terrible fucking cowboy accent, but you get what I'm saying, right? That's not the, the situation here. Lamar, Dobbins and Gus Edwards can all get theirs. I expect J.K. Dobbins to be the clear number one back, but Gus Edwards will still be getting some work. And if Dobbins was to go down, J.K. Dobbins' upside is immense. After Brandon Cooks, we see DJ Chark, James Conner, and Zach Moss, followed by LaVishka Chenault. Now, Devin Singletary looked good in that preseason game. I will not doubt that. He looked good. But who doesn't look good? in preseason up against a, I believe they were playing a really shitty team. I, don't, I think it was the Lions. Yeah, no. Yeah, I think it was the Lions and he just played like absolutely great. Like he looked like fucking Barry Sanders out there, but who cares, right? It's a preseason game against the Lions with Zach Moss to me is so much better than Devin Singletary that I'm not really all too worried about it. Maybe you are though. James Conner has the COVID, not the greatest, but he should still be fine, should still be in a split share with Chase Edmonds and could potentially take over LaVishka, Joe Burrow, and Will Lutz. DJ Chark and LaVishka going inside of the same round is very interesting. Normally, you see DJ Chark go rounds ahead of him. Maybe some people have clued into the fact that this wide receiver core is as confusing as it gets, which, gets, which is kind of what I've been stating for the past couple of months. But nevertheless, we are back up on the board here, and we do have our full roster kind of draft at this point. So we're going to go ahead and continue to add some bench depth to this roster looking at running back or wide receiver. Looking at the wide receivers here, I think it's kind of a no-brainer to go ahead and get Devontae Smith. To me, he is the only wide receiver here that could be the wide receiver number one on their team to start off the season. I think Devontae Smith should be excellent, obviously dealing with an injury, but he should be good to go to practice, to be in training camp, and to be in preseason within the next week or two. We should see him get some action in the next couple of weeks. We do have a lot of running backs on our team, so we're going to go ahead and draft a wide receiver again here. I want to go ahead and go with Jacksonville Jaguars wide receiver Marvin Jones. Now kind of how I talked about a couple of seconds ago about the Jaguars is how it's very confusing there because they don't have a clear number one wide receiver. With Trevor Lawrence in the game, Marvin Jones looked like the number one guy, but DJ Chark wasn't there. He's hurt. He got surgery on his thumb. He wasn't there. So how much can you buy into that? I don't know. But I believe that if Trevor Lawrence chooses one of these guys to be that guy, to be the number one guy, then that guy has top 24, top 15, 16, 18, one of those numbers, a wide receiver two potential in 2021. So I'm excited to get these guys on my roster, regardless of which one it is. I think it's basically a 33.33 chance that eat one of those guys becomes the guy Michael Thomas very interesting pick I don't know where the fuck his ADP is because I never see him on the screen but Michael Thomas is a guy that I'm fine drafting there is basically no risk in it because when you draft him inside of the 13th 14th round of your draft you just throw him on the IR after the draft and then you pick someone up but if you're in like a 12 team league a 14 team league and he goes in the ninth round the 10th round, where you can get other high upside wide receivers. Maybe you don't want to take them because there's a chance there's a chance that he gets traded, which probably is not going to happen, but there's a chance he misses 8, 9, 10 games of the season, and then you're going to be kind of pissed off that you drafted him, but I still understand the logistics behind drafting him. I still understand why some may want to do it. So after we went ahead and drafted Marvin Jones, we can see that 
Is it just broken or something? Has no one came off the board? Just kidding. After we went with Marvin Jones, Kenyon Drake came off the board, followed by Jamal with two A's. Williams, Tony Pollard, Michael Thomas, Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins. You like that. Michael Gallup, Mike Kosicki, Trevor Lawrence, Irv Smith, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Kosicki looked really good in that Dolphins preseason game. Caught a nice long ball from Tua Tungavailoa. Tua looked all right in that game. Nothing super special, but nothing bad either. He threw an INT. It was stupid, but... Besides Waddle, no one was there for him. Sure, he had Gesicki, but where was Parker? Not there. Where's Will Fuller? Not there. So, I mean, it, it just wasn't the full showing for Tua. So, I'm still pretty locked in on Tua. After Fitzmagic, we see Hunter Henry, Jadu Smith, and Austin Hooper. This is why I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get any of these tight ends. And then once you add him Troutman in the 11th round, I see the upside there. That's a little bit crazy, but so basically cancel Adam Troutman out of here. Any of these tight ends I like, but once you get into this range where it's Hunter Henry, Janu Smith, Austin Hooper, that is very, very scary. That's to the point where you need to draft two tight ends, and that is not something that I am looking to do in my draft. Something I also want to talk about that you don't have to draft a defense or a kicker on Yahoo. You don't have to. You can wait until... You know, right before the season starts, right before it kicks off, to pick up a defense or a kicker. So I'm going to go ahead and add more high upside options to my team because we're in preseason right now. Injuries can continue to happen. So I'm going to go ahead and hop on some more running backs and wide receivers with upside here. Instead of drafting a kicker or a defense on ESPN, you can't do that, but you can't do a lot of things on ESPN because the website is fucking terrible. Fix your shit. ESPN. So here we go ahead and draft Corey Davis, wide receiver of the New York football giants. I like the upside there for him to be the number one guy there with Elijah Moore banged up. And then we're going to go ahead and go running back. And we're going to go ahead and draft Devin Singletary here. I said he sucks, but there's obviously a chance that if Zach Moss is hurt and does miss some time that Devin Singletary is a very useful fantasy asset for my fantasy team. Again, I don't like him. I probably basically threw up in my mouth the second I made the selection. But again, he is my final round pick. He's the guy that I'll probably cut for my kicker. Hunting for that upside late on in the draft. The Denver defense is my main defensive target in 2021. Why is that, Nick? Because their opening schedule is, I believe it's the Jets, Jags, Giants. In that order, maybe. Maybe. But those are the three teams. I know that for sure. And that is excellent because then you don't even have to cut them after week one. You can hold them for three weeks and they can have some solid production three weeks in a row. And the Denver defense looks healthy right now. And they look like a very, very scary unit. After the Cleveland defense, we see Evan Ingram, Alexander Madison, Rodrigo. You sunk my Blankenship, the Buffalo Bills, Los Angeles Rams, Indianapolis Colts, and final pick of the video, Mr. Irrelevant. Come on. The team's on fucking auto pick and it's not going to pick for me here. The Miami Dolphins, my favorite team in the NFL. So not too relevant, at least in my heart. So we're going to drag ourselves all the way back to the right. Wee! And now we are on the right side of the screen. Our team to close out the video, quarterback, Matty Snapback. Wide receivers are DeAndre Hopkins and Robert Woods. Our running backs are Christian McCaffrey and Antonio Gibson. Our tight end is Dallas Goder going one, two, twice. Uh, sold to the man in the back. Amari uh, Cooper, flex. D bench is comprised of Damian Harris, Deontay Johnson, Raheem Mostert, Michael Carter, Devontae Smith, Marvin Jones Jr., Corey Davis, and Devin Singletary. So thank you guys all so much for watching. Let me know down below if you enjoyed this mock draft, if you fucking hated it, if you hate me. Let me know anything. Dislike the video. Like the video video. It helps me regardless. I love you guys all so much. Thank you for all of the support recently. We are nearing in on 15,000 subscribers. 15,000.
15,000 subscribers. That is such a high number. Imagine sitting in the room and there's 15,000 people listening to you. You know how crazy that is? And guess what? It's not because of me that we have this. It's because of you. So thank you so much. It really does mean everything to me. All the support you guys show, it's beautiful. Without you guys, there's no reason for me to make like two fucking videos every single day and one extra one on Awesome Fantasy Football, the Awesome Fantasy Football YouTube channel. Check that out as well. I love you guys from deep down in my heart. Make sure that you guys stay safe. Make sure you have a great week. Happy Monday. We're going to have an excellent week here and then we're going to have a nice fun weekend. Make sure you guys stay safe as always. Have a great rest of your guys' day. I love you guys all from deep down in my heart. Stay safe as always. I said that like 50 times. Stay safe. That is my, uh, my key thing to say at the end of the video. Make sure... You guys stay safe. <laughs> As always, guys, have a great day. Good boy.